talk about how we can stay zen during the stressful family events of the upcoming holiday season. You're listening to The Parenting Junkie Show, the place to go to love parenting and to parent from love. I'm your host, Avital. Hello, thank you so much for tuning in. I know you probably are busy, busy, busy planning and hosting and shopping and cooking or traveling to get ready for the holiday season. If you're listening to this as it drops, uh, we're about to go into all that frenzy. And I know that for many of us, that means either traveling or hosting, um, but also meeting up with the extended family. And whilst we all realize that it is a privilege and an honor to have extended family to meet up with over the holiday seasons, let's just be honest and call a spade a spade. It's also really stressful for many of us, particularly those of us who are committed to a more peaceful, conscious, alternative parenting style and who are doing things a little bit differently than our family. If you're like the rest of our community, then you might to experience that as a bit of a difficult, you know, time. It's not easy to be under the microscopic (laughs) observation of grandparents or in-laws, cousins, siblings, etc., who don't necessarily agree with or align with the way that we are doing things. And that can cause us to really question ourselves or to be not so true to ourselves, adapt ourselves in ways that don't feel good uh, when our parents or whoever it is are around. Um, You know, just a lot of stress comes up and that's what we're going to address today. I'm going to give you some actionable ways of handling that and staying zen and actually enjoying this very special time with your family. So the show notes to today's episode can be found over at theparentingjunkie.com forward slash Four, six. And I just want to say that I really appreciate all of you who share out the episode or who tag me on Instagram. If you uh, have friends or family who also find this, uh, you know, reunions with their family and these meals and uh, family get togethers over the holidays a little bit stressful, then this might be really helpful for them. So please do share it with them. And my greatest thanks to you. Uh, Sharing it is the best way to show me that you enjoy it. So that's really, really, um, you know, something that I appreciate very, very much. So let's get into the stress of the holidays. Now, I want to just be clear that what I'm talking about today is not, you know, very toxic situations. And I will address that next week's episode. So if you are concerned that your family is truly toxic and damaging and hurtful and that you need to set some clear boundaries and you're not even sure if you need to or how to, that's something I'd love to chat through with you a little bit in next week's episode. But today I'm not talking about, you know, anything dramatic or awful, but all of those little irritating things that we don't appreciate or that we don't believe in and that we feel undermine what we're trying to do as parents and, you know, things like bribing our kids with candy or with TV or being overly obsessed with little girls' appearances. 
and, you know, going on and on about how pretty they are or going on and on about how wild our kids are, being worried about their education because they're in an alternative education program, or judging us because we haven't potty trained, or because we have potty trained, or because we don't or do use a pacifier, or breastfeed, or have bedtimes, or all of those little, you know, just practices that we have to make choices of around parenting and that our family may disagree with or judge us for or not appreciate. And all of those types of things like, you know, demanding hugs or um, commenting too much on behavior or judging us as parents can cause a lot of stress for us and really make it very hard to relax and enjoy these special family times together. Is that something that you feel? Can you relate to that? And the trouble is that, of course, we don't want that. We don't want that. But sometimes that type of stressful dynamic can actually cement itself, can become the go-to, just the kind of modem operandi, because we know that way of being, right? We know about the hyperventilation and the getting stressed out and the having arguments with the husband and um, you know, getting nervous, getting diarrhea, I don't know, whatever happens to you when you're uh, feeling kind of stage fright around these interactions, like this dread of, I know what's coming when, you know, my mother-in-law comes to visit or when I meet that uncle or when we're all together in a room, I know what's coming and I'm so stressed about it. It causes me such immense anxiety. And sometimes instead of actually addressing that anxiety and doing something about it, we just kind of accept that that's par for the course, that's part of it, and we almost are used to it and we just let it happen. So today I want to kind of call you to action to put an end or at least, you know, create a very solid healthy coping mechanism with those stories and that anxiety that comes up so that it doesn't just become the default that you will necessarily experience your family um, events as super stressful. Because here's the thing, we all know our extended family are important. They are our clan. Our relationships with them are important. And like I said, I'm not talking about those family that we need to cut ties with, uh, abusive and toxic people are not important in our lives and and we need to not have them, even though that can be incredibly painful and sometimes not possible. Um, But for those of us who are just feeling stressed with our generally lovely and stable family members, we need to remember that parenting philosophies and a little bit of, you know, judgment or criticism should not cost us our relationship. We don't want our parenting philosophies to derail our relationships with our family. And so often people in our community, in the present play community, will say, you know, I can't stand spending time with my father, mother, uncle, aunt, etc. because they use punishments or they use timeouts or they uh, bribe or manipulate or cajole or lie to my kids or um, bribe them with, you know, candy or too much sugar, all this kind of thing that they disagree with. Um, and the, the conclusion is sometimes that the relationship isn't worth it or that it's too hard. Or And I just want to kind of back us away from that edge, back us away from that cliff And instead offer some grounding mechanisms of how we can stay zen and stay 
calm and connected to our families, even when things are a little bit challenging with them. Without further ado, let me just go into some really practical tips uh, that I use. And I too have all sorts of, you know, family events. I have a very big family on both sides and so does my partner. So we have lots of different family events that we go to. And sometimes some of those dynamics do feel really stressful or I do feel a lot of anxiety before I go there. And even while I'm there, I feel this you know, urge to escape or a sense that I'm so, you know, that I don't belong or that I'm being judged or a guilt that I can't live up to people's expectations or an anger that they can't live up to mine. And I feel all of those feelings and I've been there in the past. But one of the things that I've really worked on over the years is questioning my beliefs. And this is something I learned from the incredible Byron Katie, who has a system called The Work. And if you haven't read her book or seen her YouTube videos, you know, switch this off and go and listen to her because she is incredible. Um, And she really teaches us to question our thoughts and beliefs about things. And when I started to do uh, Byron Katie's work and apply it to my family dynamics, I have never again, pretty much uh, never again, suffered at the hands of stress and anxiety uh, when it came to family events because I really can use these tools to flip my script and uh, and stay completely zen in this kind of eerie way. It's, it's strange and I'll tell you about a story where that happened to me not so long ago. Um, in a few minutes. But first, I just want to tell you some of the different tools that I have used over the years that have helped me when coming in contact with, you know, family members that are challenging for me. So the first one, and it will come as no surprise, is breath. Using your breath. Um, Our breath or our pranayama in yogic terms is uh, an absolutely powerful tool in informing our nervous system on whether or not we truly are in danger. When we are worried about going uh, into a situation or hosting someone or whatever, then our body responds with fight, flight, or freeze mode. This isn't news to you guys, you know it, you know, you feel your heart pounding and your breath shortens. Now, one of the ways of helping our body to get out of that is to try to slow our breath down. And even just now, as I'm saying this to you, I feel my shoulders dropping away from my ears, my posture going a little bit, you know, taller, reaching skyward. I feel my breath and my words slow down. And so as you go into this hustle, bustle, frazzled holiday season, how about as much as possible, whenever you can remind yourself just slowing even your breathing down, even if the pace of life doesn't slow down, at least internally slowing down. So let's just take a breath together right now. Isn't that better? So as we start to focus on our breath, there's a very grounding and healing and calming um, rhythm that is offered to us. One of the most instinctual things we do as mothers with our newborns is hold their head to our chest. 
right? To cradle them on our chest. And one of the main reasons for this is because they can connect to our heartbeat. And that beat that they always heard and that rhythmic uh, breathing sound that they experienced in the womb is a very primal calming mechanism. And so use it to your advantage, use it intentionally as you go into family events or, or situations that are going to stress you out. Stay on the breath and if you find your thoughts, you know, spiraling into what grandpa said and what grandma did and what your sister said, then just come back to the breath. Just take a nourishing deep inhale and a deep exhale because the breath not only actually physically calms down our nervous system, but it also serves as a very helpful metaphor for life and for not holding on to things, right? We don't hold on to our breath. It comes in and it goes out. And it's a good metaphor, just like the waves of the sea of things coming and going and coming and going. And just like the breath, you know, those comments or that stress or that overwhelm or those people will come and go. And if you can reconnect to your breath, it's going to help you to remember all of these things are transient and, you know, manageable and moldable. You can shape them, right? Just like you can elongate and slow down your breath, so too can you slow down and relax into these events with your family. So, taking deep breaths. The next thing I want to uh, help you with is a guided visualization, a kind of meditation, if you like, that someone helped me create years ago. It must be about 15 years ago when I was having a lot of challenges with some family members and we met regularly and there was a lot of, you know, tension and arguments and criticism and it, it was just very, very challenging and difficult for me. And I'm a sensitive person, <laughs> shocking and surprising, I know. Um, but there's, you know, like every characteristic, being sensitive has um, that positive side, you know, if you like, the light side of being very aware of yourself and other people's needs and picking up on, on you know, on small and, th you know, maybe things that are unnoticeable to other people. But the flip side of being sensitive is that everything gets to you and you are easily insulted. And that was something that I needed to work on and actually thicken my skin in that way um, so that I could go through life without, you know, constantly being hurt by other people. And I did very much. And today it's almost impossible to hurt my feelings. I mean, it really, it, there's very few people in the world who can hurt my feelings and it would take quite a lot from them for that to happen. Um, because I've learned not to give away my power. And one of the ways I learned to do that was through this guided visualization. And what it is, is basically um, to create some kind of shield in your mind, okay? So I would love for you right now, if you're not driving, you could close your eyes and envision some kind of protective layer that can help you. So it could be a bubble that you kind of blow up around you, this protective bubble, or uh, maybe an aura of light. It could be um, armor. It could be real metal armor or a real shield that you design in your mind. Or perhaps a guardian angel or animal or, uh, you know, someone who, who is your guardian. And 
the idea is that before you go into stressful situations, you kind of get this piece of, uh, of protection on, right? So you have to take a moment to do it because you need to do it before you go into that situation so that your mind is in that space of, oh, nothing can hurt me, nothing can get to me. And basically, when you put your bubble on, let's call it a bubble, but whatever it is for you, when you put your bubble on, you envision it um, repelling anything that isn't, you know, warm, cozy, fuzzy, lovely, loving, right? Any piece of criticism or judgment or tension or defensiveness or argumentativeness or anything that could potentially get you riled up, get you upset, this just bounces off of this layer. It just bounces off of this protection and it can't even get to you. It's kind of like you're walking through this family event or you're sitting at this family dinner and nothing can get to you. It's like magic. You've got this thing on. And um, I have found this an incredibly powerful reminder before I go into a situation like that to get my bubble on and then imagine it just deflecting off of that like a lightsaber or something that it just shines off and bounces straight off and it never even touches me. So when you get that protective layer on, nothing can touch you. No one can touch you. And it's really a very powerful tool. Now, remember to take it off (laughs) when you do want things to get to you, right? When you want to open up to someone, when you want to be vulnerable, when you want to be intimate, you don't want that protective layer on. But when you're in a situation where you feel like you might get hurt, then it's very powerful to have it on you. Okay, the next one is to remember that where your attention goes, your energy flows. Now, I'm sure that is a quote, and I am not sure who to attribute it to, uh, but I will look it up, and if you remember, you can tag me on Instagram. Um, But where your attention goes, your energy flows. My yoga teacher says this all the time. And the idea here is that if you focus on the negative, if you focus on the things that your parents say to the kids or the things that they don't do or the way that those people didn't offer you help or the uncompromising way they, you know, made the arrangements in a way that wasn't suitable for kids or food that doesn't suit your dietary needs or sleeping arrangements that are hard for you or judgments or criticism. If you focus on everything that's challenging about your family, that is where your energy flows. And that is what is going to grow in your experience. What we focus on, we grow. We give it our energy, we give it our attention and we actually create a kind of condition in our brains where we're looking for more and more evidence to support it. So if we're thinking, oh, they're always so uh, critical of me, then we will look for all of the ways that that is true and our reality will be skewed by that perception. And so if you go into an event with your parents-in-law thinking of all the things they haven't done for you, all the ways they haven't supported you, you will be primed to look for more evidence uh, to prove to yourself the truth of that story. And you'll probably find it. And where will that take you? Well, just to more suffering in light of that story, right? Because it's it's a painful story that they don't support you. And so the more you feed that story, the more you feed that inner wolf, the more it grows and the stronger it becomes and it eventually wins. Um, and if you don't know what I mean by the wolf reference, I'll, I'll just quickly remind you of that wonderful folktale 
of the grandfather who tells his grandson, you know, son, there are two wolves inside of you. There's the good wolf and there's the bad wolf. And they, they're fighting inside of you. And the son says, uh, which one wins, grandpa? And the grandpa says, the one you feed. The wolf that you feed wins. The wolf that you feed grows. So I want to ask you, can you take responsibility as you go into this relationship, into this, you know, event with your family? Can you take responsibility to not feed the wolf that focuses on all of the ways that they've let you down, on all of the ways that they stress you out? Can you instead be brave and be responsible and be mature and be so adult as to say, I'm going to focus diligently and uncompromisingly on the good, on whatever is working, on whatever ways I do love them or I do feel supported by them or whatever good they bring me in my life, whether it's some financial support or whether it's time that they spend with the kids or whether it's gifts that they bring us or whether it's just, you know, I don't know, yummy chocolate chip cookies, whatever it is that you can focus on, feed that wolf. And remember, you're not doing this for them. I mean, of course, it's for them as well, but really you're doing it for you because when you focus on the bad wolf, your suffering grows. You you feel even more legitimized and justified in your victim mindset. You feel sorry for yourself that you have to hang out with these people. You feel ever more disconnected and ever less supported, and it doesn't feel good. And, you know, just speaking from experience, at least I can speak for myself and say, I feel so much better when I let go of all of that and when I feed the good wolf. And even if uh, you might think it's lying to myself or whatever, we all make choices on what to focus on, on what to highlight, on what to bring out and bring forth and spotlight in a situation. And I think I am a happier person when I focus on the good. Um, And I know research backs me up there with optimists being happier and healthier and all of that stuff. But I just want to speak from my own personal experience. When I went into family experiences focusing on the people who insulted me or the people who weren't there for me or the people who had such a, you know, awful approach to life, I suffered. I was stressed. I was miserable. I was victimized. I wasn't a very fun person to be around. And I didn't enjoy that version of myself when I was gossiping and when I was let down all the time and when I felt like, oh, I got the short end of the stick with this or with that. Just wasn't my best self. And when I flipped that around and focused on, you know what, this is who they are, this is how it is, and there is a lot to be grateful for here, and this is the list of things that I'm grateful for, I enjoyed my own company a lot more. Let's put it that way. So I invite you to focus relentlessly on the good. Now, if all that fails, or even if it doesn't fail, there are some good things that you might want to remember that can help you with your family experience. For example, remembering that it's temporary. Remember what we said about the breath, that it comes and goes. You know, the holiday seasons, weekends with family, meals with family, these things pass. They don't last forever. Just like everything else, it's temporary. In yoga, we often focus on the fact that a pose is temporary and you can hold a pose, even a very uncomfortable pose like plank, where you're really using your core muscles. You can stay there and breathe through it for a short amount of time, you know, for a minute, two minutes, three minutes, it passes. And in the end, you let it go and move on to the next thing. We can stay in uncomfortable situations 
they're temporary and they will pass. Another thing that's helpful to remember is that you are the main leader and influence in your children's lives and in your own life. And yes, when we get together with family, there are other influences and you don't always get to be that leader that you want to be. And sometimes all of your beliefs and philosophies get trampled on by other people. But that's not the main, you know, time that you spend with your kids. Mostly, most of the time, unless you live in the grandparents' home or whatever, you know, extended family, then most of the time you get to run your own show. And that means that you are also the main attachment figure, the main influence, the main teacher in your children's lives. And so if there are other members of the family who are doing things that you disagree with or that you feel are bad influences, that might be so, and that might be frustrating, but you just need to remember that it pales in comparison to everything that you do and that you give to your kids. So you don't need to worry that much about that influence. And You can remember that diversity is something to celebrate. It will actually strengthen your children to have lots of different types of relationships with lots of different types of people. And as long as they're not, you know, really abusive and mean, being with other styles of parenting, other styles of talking to children is something that's going to broaden their horizons and Um, strengthen their resiliency and grit and capacity to handle a variety of diverse situations and relationship styles. And that's not something to shy away from or to protect them from. The fact that grandma and grandpa or whoever it is do things differently might be frustrating for you in light of everything that you know about parenting and research and your own intuition. But ultimately, it's probably a good thing for us to kind of, you know, be exposed to uh, alternative approaches and know that we can be okay with that as well. Now, on a technical level, I want to encourage you to take breaks, especially if your family is all staying in one location for an extended period of time, you know, more than a few hours, or even if it's just a few hours, I want to encourage you to take some breaks to recenter yourself, even listen to this podcast again if you like, but to do that breathing work, to get your bubble on again, to focus on the good. When you are immersed with other people and in the hustle and bustle, it's really difficult to step back and step into intentionality of how you want to show up for this event. And so what I like to do is excuse myself for a phone call or to go to the bathroom or to go on a quick walk. Maybe you have a dog that you can walk or a kid that needs a nap or an errand that you can run or just say, I need a bit of time and excuse yourself to some quiet room and take that time. Um, Take that time to take a break, to reset, to restart, and just opt out, you know, opt out of everything, intensity, full-on togetherness all the time. Because when it's full-on all the time without a break, it's very challenging to be present and to be the way that we want to be. And so I just want to encourage you to do what you can, especially if it's extra hard to stay calm, do what you can to take those breaks or maybe to minimize the interaction a little bit. Like, yes, we'll come for the meal, but no, we won't stay overnight or we'll stay in an Airbnb or, you know, we'll come for one meal, but then we'll go out for another meal, whatever it is. I don't know. You'll figure out how to do it, but just to not 
you know, sometimes it's it's better to quit while we're ahead, right? It's better to have one great meal rather than four exhausting, you know, drawn out meals that at the end of, you know, at the end of that, everybody is at each other's necks. And finally, I want to just offer you a mindset shift of how to view the entire situation. Perhaps rather than seeing it as your family and your burden and your challenge, what if you could take some step back? some steps back, right? What if you could take some steps back and see it almost as an anthropological experiment? What if you could get curious and interested and intrigued at this interesting family dynamic? What if you could look at the people and at their behavior from a little bit afar and see them with interest? Like, hmm, I wonder where that comes from. Hmm, I wonder what they're trying to say. When we can get curious and get interested, we can also get on our peaceful ninja, uh, you know, our peaceful ninja persona, right? And I like to see these family events as a test of my peaceful ninjahood. You know, it's all very well for me to come on a podcast or on YouTube and talk about, oh, peacefulness, etc. The real challenge comes with the people who are closest to me. The real challenge in being peaceful is to be peaceful with your husband, with your children, with your mother-in-law and father-in-law and parents and siblings. And those are the people that kind of see you at your rawest and get under your skin and are able to, you know, for better or worse, trigger you in real ways. It's kind of much easier with strangers Um, And it's much easier to talk about it. But if we want to walk the walk, then that's the place where we really need to challenge ourselves to be those peaceful ninjas. And I promised I'd tell you a story. So just to close up, a few years ago, we went for a family weekend. And usually on these long weekends of two or three days together, um, I would, you know, find numerous occasions where I would be, my feelings would be hurt, right? Or I would be getting into some kind of spat with someone over whatever it was, you know, as a teenager, that's how it felt. I often felt kind of isolated or, you know, sensitive to, to, to different, you know, sarcastic or cynical comments that my siblings would make or that kind of thing. And then a few years back, I read a Byron Katie book just before we embarked on a family weekend. And and just for the record, my family is absolutely phenomenal. I love each and every one of them. And I'm very, very close to my family. I'm very, very, very appreciative of them all. Um, However, just like every other family, there are sometimes tensions. And at this particular weekend, I came after just reading uh, The Loving What Is book and by Byron Katie. And I just came in with a completely different energy with my bubble securely on, with this feeling of nothing could touch me. And I was there to simply enjoy my family's company and that there would not be such a possibility of something annoying me or hurting my feelings, that whatever would come up or whatever criticism or whatever, uh, you know, whatever tension came up, I would view it with curiosity and with interest and with love in my heart and with just this centered, grounded, confident openness of a true peaceful ninja. And so it was. And it was a testament for me to our incredible creative power as people uh, in relationships. Within our relationships, we have incredible creative uh, possibilities and power. And I want to just really encourage you to exercise that power because 
Family is a privilege and an asset and a deep yearning and need for most of us. Most of us need that belonging, want to be part of our families, seek connection with them. And then we let those tensions and criticisms come between us and you know, season after season, holiday after holiday, event after event, we come away feeling disconnected or even hurt or upset or angry or resentful about all the things our family can't be for us because we're focusing on that. And my invitation to us all is let's try and focus on our breath, on our protection against Letting any of those negative things, you know, take over or infiltrate our hearts and focusing instead uncompromisingly on the good and remembering that it's just temporary and that you're the main influence in your children's lives and that usually you're the leader and remembering that diversity is something to celebrate on taking breaks when we need to and on seeing our family through anthropological and curious eyes. And finally, on seeing it as a test of our peaceful ninjahood. Thanks for listening to the Parenting Junkie Show. If this was helpful for you, I would be so appreciative if you would subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. Subscribing to the show means you'll get the bonus episodes that I only deliver here. And when you rate and review the show, it helps other parents find it. I'll be shouting out some of my favorite reviews in upcoming episodes and would love to spotlight you. And remember, keep on loving parenting and parenting from love. Namaste.